Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Daily Thread. It is so good to be back, and I want to give a big thank you to our friends at Sensible Marketing for allowing us to be back. Shimmy, Ron, Jeremy, you know the team. They are the experts in nursing home marketing. You ever heard of virtual tours? If you own a nursing home and you want to attract... What's that? I said, of course. Of course you've heard of virtual tours. Yeah, and that's what Sensible does. One of the things that they do, besides for being like the top marketers when it comes to nursing homes, virtual tours is one of the ways they do that. You need to reach out to Sensible Marketing. That is SensibleMarketing.com. And the good times roll. A big thank you to Shimmy J for making this possible. Okay, so, so what do they do? They, um, sell, they sell nursing homes? What do they do? They're brokers? They don't sell nursing homes. They, they do nursing home marketing. They, they do the marketing for the mean. nursing homes. Every time I hear the word marketing. Really? Every time I hear, you're smart. You're a, no, anyway, you're a smart any, guy. Anytime, anytime someone tells me they're marketing, I don't even know what they do. I don't know what they do. Hold on a second. All right. Forget about it. Okay. Oh, this, is, this, is, this is professional. Listen, it's a, it's it's normal life, okay? I'll tell her I'll call her back. It's your sister, you know? Okay, so we'll start off the episode by, I guess, um, let's highlight what happened this weekend in Philadelphia in the Wells Fargo Center where over 25,000 uh, young alites, yes. uh, people learning, went to partake in the Adirea Torah, which is uh, – the product of Louis Shiner's chesed of, of putting together an event for, for all those learning, all those call, really anybody who wanted to go. I'll be the event. Louis Shiner uh, said that there's going to be an up amount of money in the paychecks. There's going to be an increase in the, in the amount of uh, money in the paychecks for Cole Young Light. Okay. So, okay. That's a big story. And they had some rabbinim, including Rev Dove Landau, Rev Mayor C. Bergman, um, who's he's sitting? I heard his, yeah, I heard, I heard, I heard he came, he flew by private jet from Mary to Stroll yeah. uh, to New York. And while he was in the air flying here, he got news that his son, who was 70 years old, passed away. I think he's about 94 himself. So his 70 year old son passed away. And, um, I guess uh, he's sitting Shiva here now in, uh, in the United States. That's like unbelievable. Like, that's really <sighs> unbelievable. Um, well, I don't know if you're interested in this, but you want to talk about more about the thing in Philadelphia? Okay. Uh, I wish I, I wish I could have been there, subject. honestly. Well, you could have gone. Well, you didn't feel it. You weren't feeling well. Yeah, I was under the weather. You should have gone. I, I should have enjoyed it. Well, I, I, uh, I, I would have liked to go. Um, I, uh, I actually, I visited you on Sunday, actually. <laughs> you did? Because you weren't feeling well, so I was being with Vakahola, so... Baruch Hashem, now you're now you're better. You know, when you visit somebody that's not feeling well, you take away some of that that illness from them. You lift it, you lift it uh, so? from, from them a bit. That's what the Gemara says. Um, anyway, but Baruch Hashem, uh, yeah, you're feeling better. But it's interesting that uh, Rabbi Bergman and the other Rabbanim we mentioned that I don't have it by heart now, because according to the rules of Daily Thread, I'm not allowed to look at any notes or phones or. Or anything, I just have to look in the camera and talk, uh, right? Yeah, it's the rules. Yeah, but somehow I see your eyes wandering to look at uh, screens and stuff like that in the course of the uh, recording. So uh, it seems to be like an imbalance here in the uh, in the equation. <laughs> Double standard. It seems to be you're, you're at an advantage, and, and uh, but anyway, I, I read uh, I wrote an article this week called uh, "It's Going to Be in This Week's Five Town Jewish Times" on Thursday. It's called "100 Years." 
It's about people like uh, Rev. Gershon Adelstein, who lived to 100, who passed away about a week ago, two weeks yeah. ago. And uh, a year ago, he appointed four new people to the Moises Godoy Torah, including Rev. Bergman and Rev. Dov Landau, who, by the way, is uh, going to speak at uh, Yeshiva Dachi Torah uh, today, Tuesday, uh, at some point today. And Rav Azrahi, uh and uh, one other, who I don't remember right now, who I'm sure... People listening to this probably have the tip of their tongue, uh, but I don't have my notes or my my paper down here. But the, the old, they're all in their 90s, you see? Uh, yeah. So um, I was wondering to myself, I mean, why why can't we find... I mean, it's great. They are the leaders of uh, Torah scholarship in the world, and they inspire a generation. But why can't we find, you know, people that could lead for... You know, longer periods of time, people in there. I'm not saying you don't have to find 22 year olds or 28 year olds, but I think it's, I, but, think, I think they do exist. I think it's just a passing of a torch. You know, Lahabdo Elefei Abdullah is like a situation with the President of the United States. You have Ron DeSantis, who's 44 years old, and you have Donald Trump, who's 76 years old, who will be 78 years old if he wins by the time he takes office in 2025. And of course, you have the disaster known as Joe Biden. It was a, a bumbling, fumbling uh, uh, personality. And yeah, but we never co- we never covered the fact that he fell on his face. Well, I don't know when did he fall on his face on Thursday or Friday? I think I don't think we did a, a, a show. Uh, you see, uh, you saw him. it, right? You saw him. You saw him fall. Yeah, I did see it. Uh, I he was at I think he was at the the Air Force Academy at the graduation uh, when he spoke. He tripped over a sandbag. Anybody? I mean, it's not. We don't want to make we don't we don't want to make light of of anybody, especially up up there in age falling. I'm not going to show the video of him falling. If you saw it, you saw it. Um, you know, well, you see. But the question is this: not not whether you see the video or not. What do people feel when they see the video? Uh, the Fox News shows it, uh, and the, and the late night shows, uh, I guess, show it because they want to laugh now. The question is: the question is not. I they're showing it to show his incompetency. Well, the question, no, see, the late night people, uh, uh, you know, I don't know who they are these days. You know, uh, the guys who took David Letterman's and Johnny Carson's uh, place, uh, but uh, really dating yourself. Yeah, I don't know who they are. I don't know who they are. Uh, Let me see if I can remember any of them. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel is one, right? Um, But they show these things for a laugh now. If an if a if an eighty year old man is tripping over a sandbag and falls in front of millions of people watching a graduation, I mean, why is that being broadcast and shown to laugh? And Fox News, uh, they show the whole string of times that he fell, walking up the ramp, walking up the steps to the well, airplane. The media is cruel, so that's why that's why they do it, and it's all about it's all about it's all about views and the agenda. I mean, I don't have to tell you, I I think that they show it. Um, to push a certain narrative, the fact that he's incompetent, which I don't, I, I happen to think he's not so competent, but not because he falls. I just think that he can't, he's not coherent most of the time. And if, if not for a teleprompter, I don't think he'd be able to string together two sentences. But that's just, that has nothing to do with the fact that he's falling on his face. But let's just close the parentheses on Adir Torah. I, I, and of course, what you mentioned about 100 years, um, you mentioned of Garrison Adelstein's at all. We, we featured a video of him. Uh, that got passed around, and I'm going to try to show it right now. Mm-hmm. 
גם יהודי, מה שטוב, מה שטוב. אז צריך לתת לו עידוד שיוצא. עידוד, עידוד שיהיה לו חשק. שיהיה לו חשק. אם בכפייה, אז זה הפוך, זה לא משפיע בכלל. להכריח ילד אסור, אסור להכריח. חינוך בכפייה זה חינוך הפוך. בתוצאה הפוכה. בצורה מעניינת, בצורה בידידות, בתוכה, ואם מוכיחים אותו, אז יש על זה, התוצאה היא הפוכה. רק בדרכי נועם, שלא ירגיש בכלל שיש ביקורת עליו. אין לו מרגיש ביקורת, מרגיש לו ביקורת. אם מרגיש ביקורת, אז זה כואב לו מאוד. גורם לילד לפריקת הון. So that's basically saying for those who are listening and don't understand, what someone asks them if, if they can nag their child, let's say to be on time for Davni and Kriyashma, um, to what extent should they go? And Rav Gershon Elzim, Zechir Sadlach Gavracha said that Chenech needs to be done in a loving way, only in pleasant ways, and it'll, it'll, it'll backfire. If you if you force it, well, you know, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to say that's brand new thinking, but it is new thinking. Well, someone, so I, I I posted this clip on Twitter, and somebody somebody I happened to believe they replied to me and it started sort of a little, a little bit of a conversation. Um, I'm just going to pull it up right now. Okay, so someone wrote to me. They said, "I'm always so torn when I see prolific writers and big leaders advocating for gentle parenting and compassionate education." They make for heartwarming, inspiring clips and quotes, yet systemically things stay the same. So I replied to that person saying that this is how we make change, by echoing this sentiment, meaning change starts by us, by echoing this. And he replied, and I don't necessarily agree, he said, the clips have been circulating for years. We make, we make change by changing and advocating for change. So this person believes that this, this is a chiddush and that and people still are in the, in the arena of forcing chinuch and whether it's as a system, well, how do you, you had you, 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 you a guest on, on, on Meaningful People Saturday night and talked about the subject, Rabbi Shimon Russell. It was very enlightening, uh, also representative of what we call not brand new thinking, let's call it new thinking. When I say new thinking, I mean, it's not like it was uh, in, the, in the 60s and 70s and 80s when an entire generation was, was probably mishandled. Uh, because there was no methodology. No one understood what was going on. But he talked about uh, a crisis, Chinuch. I discussed it with you on Sunday when I saw you. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I was listening to the show, but I don't know what, I don't know what crisis Chinuch is. I know what crisis is. Yeah. I know what crisis, is, but I don't know what crisis Chinuch is. Crisis Chinuch is when, when, you have, when someone has a child that's struggling, um, you need to change the – you have to change the approach of this kid needs to be on time for Kriyashma – that we need to make sure that this kid, A, is healthy, B, that we maintain a relationship with him. I think in, in yester, yesteryear, it, it was always a focus. There, there, could, be a, there could be a kid or, or even a, an adult that wouldn't go to davening, that wouldn't wear a yarmulke, but the parents would still be in the parsha of talking about, uh, you know, what are you eating? What, you know, uh, what, what do your Shabbos plans look like? The kid's not even holding there. He's a, he's a skeleton of himself. So yeah. crisis chinuch is the approach of of focus on the human being first. Make sure that he is healthy. Keep them alive. Keep them healthy, and then, you know, slowly but surely, 
So that, that approach, which that is not that is not the entire gamut of it. Yeah, you gotta pick up the book, you read the book, but I think that's that's sort of what Crisis Clinic is about. So let me tell you a personal experience, if you don't mind. Uh, it might make the show more interesting, uh, but uh, so I'm gonna say it anyway. Uh, but when I was in high school, I went to high in Berlin and Shiva Chaim in Berlin on Coney Island Avenue. Um, and uh, 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 daily menu started at eight o'clock, and I, I had to take I take two buses to get to Yeshiva. I lived in Crown Heights; it was very hard to get there at eight o'clock. You know, I don't know, I don't know why there was no buses. I, I guess there was no. I was taking buses. I had I, there was no school bus. I had a bus pass. You know, I can get the Aguda. The Aguda didn't advocate for buses. No, no. The, I think they were still they were sleeping those years uh, on this subject anyway. I had to take two buses. I, had, I don't want to go into which buses I had to take, but the buses sometimes didn't come. It was very, it was very hard for me to get there before eight thirty or eight forty uh, for the at eight o'clock minion. So most days I would walk in at eight thirty or eight forty, and the rabbis weren't happy with that. But then in eleventh grade, I started taking driver's education. The driver's education started at six a.m. at the at the yeshiva, and I was there all the time on time at six a.m. and we had driver's ed for an hour. Until 7 a.m. And then somehow I was on time for Minion on those days. I was, uh, as a matter of fact, I was the first one there. There was no one else there at 7 o'clock except me. But in driver's ed that year in 11th grade, I learned a very important lesson in life, which I think I've shared with you and your siblings over the years. On the last day in February of driver's education, our teacher said he's on an icy morning, on an icy February morning. It was like three degrees outside. He's going to take us out and show us how to skid and keep control of the car. Did I tell you that story? Yeah. So he, he took us out to one of those streets there near Chaim Berlin, like on, I think on East 16th, East 17th Street, where there's no residential area. It's not a residential area. It's all like factories or garages or something. And it was all icy, all iced over. He he, he put the, he, he sped up, or he speeded up, he hit the gas, and then he slammed on the brake. And he, when the car started to skid, he turned into the skid. And was able to control the car. Of course, your natural instinct when you're skidding, and this goes also not just about cars, but bringing up kids today, when it's skidding, your natural inclination is to turn against the skid. But that just makes the car slide and potentially crash into something and do a lot of damage and, you know, God forbid, to hurt somebody. But when you, if you keep your mind focused and you turn into the skid, you're able to control the car. So that, in my mind, is what crisis chinuch uh, is about. You got to turn into the skid. You got to go to flow. You got to, you know, check it out day to day, week to week, see what the what the temperature is, and um, and uh, and and move on in a in a in a in a seichelik way from there. I think. Yeah, that's that's definitely part of it. Okay, and what else? Moving on. Moving on. on. So, also another thing that we dropped recently was the Asim Harambam vlog. I spent an evening in Crown Heights. You were there as well. Yeah, I don't saw think that. we discussed it. Yeah, um, I saw it. It was so great. Night. I, I was in seven. So I was in seven seventy, and I'll tell you, I, I I'm not in Crown Heights often. Really, really not. Not enough. Um, not not some, enough. You should go. You should go spend the shop. You should go spend the shabbos there. I should. Um, something that struck me. Listen, if anybody wants to invite me for Shabbos, oh, I truth is, I have enough. I have enough cousins there. <laughs> you'll get you'll get invited, and you should be there, and you should be able to breathe it in. Um, you know, something that struck me about, about Crown Heights that was like I had a hard time articulating it on the vlog, which, by the way, is on YouTube. You can check it out at Meaningful yeah. on its YouTube channel. Okay. Is that 
I'm walking in the streets. First of all, the energy is palpable. You're 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 in a place that is is almost frozen in time of when the Rebbe was alive. Um, I, I would I would want to say that things haven't changed too much. Although I don't know because I wasn't alive then. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like you know things are happening. Um, the the connection to the Rebbe is still very much very much there and vibrant. The thing that caught my attention the most is is like the weddings happening one after the other right outside 770 in the courtyard over there. Chuppa, 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 going into the Yichadurim inside 770. Like, like I'm like, is this Russia? Are we? What is going on here? And and I just found the whole the whole vibe to be so incredible and to be so Jewish. It was so from. Well, listen. And we're in Brooklyn. Listen, life number one, life goes on no matter what, you know, uh, no matter what. Uh, but the interesting thing, uh, surveying the crowd that night, it was like ten thousand people there or more. Is that the number? Yeah, that something saying? like that. You know, uh, uh, most of them were young people, and most of them were born after the Rebbe passed away. So if you could, way after, if you could put yourself into that mindset, you know, where 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 they're are adhering to the ways and the teachings and the direction and the instructions of a Rebbe that they, they never they never heard of, never 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 attended a Fabrangan. They only saw it on video. Yeah. You know, thank God there's video to be able to, to see it. Uh, but but they never saw him in person. They never got online for, for dollars, which was a great event. Uh, most Sundays in, in Crown Heights, people from around the world would fly in just to spend, you know, 30 seconds uh, chit-chatting with the Rebbe about something that was on their mind or on their heart and Get a dollar for uh, for tzedakah. Um yeah. But the generation that uh, is is the, so I, I would say the people were divided. There were people there. There were older people there who I saw and I recognized from the good old days, uh, who the Rebbe was very much part of their life. And then, but there was a tremendous amount of people, a large amount of people that uh, were like I said, were born after the after the Rebbe passed away. Uh, and um, like you said, they really don't they haven't skipped a beat. Uh, it's as if you know, in a sense that the is that the Rebbe's presence is still very, uh, very much uh, that they can feel it. Uh, they can feel it. And they can they can sense it. And seven seventy stands there, just like Blade did. You know, for the last seventy five years, I think they bought the building in nineteen forty. Actually, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. So you're talking about uh, 70, 60, 80, 83 years ago. Uh, so, uh, but that uh, that's like the it's only a building. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's something uh, material uh, that's very much uh, there uh, that could be seen and, and you can walk into it and you can feel it. And, and if you had that experience, you can even imagine the Rebbe walking in and the Rebbe walking out to go home and so on and so forth. And those are things that I saw uh, you know, many times, maybe I didn't appreciate it enough at the time, but um, it's something that I certainly have very much uh, recorded in my uh my hard drive, so to speak, up here. Yeah, yeah. 100. So yeah, we had a lot of fun there in Crown Heights. The next story I want to get to, maybe the the last story, is yesterday. Apple introduced a new product, and I want to sort of see. Uh, I want to gauge if, if if this is something you would get. I kind of think I would, besides for the price point. So they introduced a new Apple VR headset, uh, sort of like the Oculus. You put it on your eyes. But it is literally a game changer. Um, it, it, they, people say that it's like it's almost taking alternate reality and virtual reality and it's combining it. You'll be able to keep it on the, a full day 
FaceTime people and they'll be standing in front of you. You can work in there and have your entire Apple interface. You can be watching shows that are literally like it, it has like a 3D dimension. The sh- like the, the experience is otherworldly. What is the price? The reaction, the reaction to Tim Cook announcing the price was kind of um, was kind of shocking. The crowd was not so happy. The price is $34.99, $3,499 for this new Apple VR headset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I personally don't think that's going to stop people. I think people are going to get it. It looks absolutely incredible. But again, it brings up the discussion of, oh my gosh, where is this stuff going? People are going to be living in, in virtual, virtual reality. People are not going to be living in this world. It's a little bit concerning. I saw an actor who said that he thinks that uh... – you know, a AI could put him in movies that that does a better job than he did. You know, uh, they could they could duplicate him and 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 do a better job than him. You know, you you could bring back. Uh, listen, it's uh, it, it, it's it's time travel in a sense. You know, you can go anywhere. You can walk. It you, is. You can you, you can get on the uh, on the, one of the ships with Christopher Columbus and arriving in America in fourteen ninety, discovering America in fourteen ninety two. You could be there. Right and. And and in a in a more meaningful sense, you can be by a fabrengen of the Rebbe. You can be by you know like you you can be by things. Like, like, how about we show? Let's show the the trailer that Apple put out and let and let's see what we let's see what we think. What's it called? Apple Watch? <laughs> Apple Vision Pro. That is crazy. Vision Pro. All right, so maybe you, uh, maybe I'll uh, I'll split I'll split it with you maybe. <laughs> but again, like it, it, the, the technology is otherworldly. You know the fact oh. that you're able to the fact that you're able to make a you're able to make a a like I don't know what it's called. Pan- uh, pan- to... It's panoramic. It's, uh, how, how, how do you program where you want to go? How, what do you do? It's like on a computer screen. Uh, I, these questions I can't answer. I don't even know. I don't know. I'm not there, sure if you know what you're asking. No, I want to know. How do you? Let's say you want to go into uh, to the to Columbus, one of the ships. Like, how do you get on there? What do you do? You program I, it. I don't think. I don't think that's how it works. 
Uh, if there's a video of that, I think you can you can like search up a video and maybe you can do like you know the setting where you're. you're I, I don't know. I, that's not again. That's not the feature. Something that's different about this and other VR headsets that exist is that you can still be in reality. Meaning, one of the things they featured in that trailer is that the guy was the, the, his daughter was kicking him a soccer ball and he was still able to see it. It's see through. One of the one of the downsides, I think, is is that they showed a person on an airplane wearing this VR headset. Yeah. It's like imagine we're all walking around wearing this headset in our face. What is this? I feel like they made horror films about this, the time that we're living in right now. And Apple just put this out, and people are going to buy it, and you're going to be walking in the city pretty soon, and you're going to see people wearing these headsets. Don't you have a choice not to use it? Uh, I mean, they talk, you could not. They talk about AI like it's going to take control of us. How's it going to take control of you? If you're busy, uh, if you're if you're in yeshiva uh, over Gemara of uh, eighteen hours a day, what impact is AI going to have on you? Of course, you could not use it, but but you also not use a smartphone. But look where that look where that got us. All right, so you don't. But I'm not, my point is, you don't have to use. You don't have to use it. I know people don't have to buy this, but I think that it, it's pretty incredible. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It's going to be very tempting for people to purchase an item like this. Obviously, the price point is crazy. I don't think there's – I mean even their their, their Macs, the, the computer that I have right here in front of me that I'm talking to you with wasn't much. But this is a well, – well, the, the price will go down. The price will go down eventually. I, I don't think so. Apple, Apple's I think, prices doesn't – I think they used to say that about cars when people were going around in horse and buggies. You know, oh, yeah. people they said, Oh come on, do you see that the car tires? Were you alive when people were going uh, horse and buggies? No, yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, of course. I was on the uh, ship with uh, Columbus in fourteen ninety two. You're very into Columbus today. Yes. When was the first car invented? I don't Let's know. See. Early, Early on. on. I, I would, I bet, do you remember sure. people in Crown Heights? On on horse and buggy? And buggy? No, yeah. no, no. The first really? car was invented in 1886, so I guess you were alive yeah. for just a couple yeah, of years. I, I was, I was, I think I was here on my upshare in 1886. That was your your upshare. So, question yeah, okay. is, did you go to, did you go to your upshare in a horse and buggy, or did your family have a car then? Um, no, we never had we never had a horse. Uh, we never traveled by horse. We always we always had cars. But are you getting a are you getting a horse on your farm over there? I I'd like to. It's very in nowadays. I think we should bring him back. I think we should bring back the horse and buggies. Although there is a big group of people that are very anti the horses in the city with the police officers on it and the people giving the rides around the city. People are very anti. But what about in uh, Amish country? You went to Amish country. Everybody didn't travel by car. I love, I love the Amish. I love the Amish. I don't know why you pronounce it Amish, but we'll let it slide. I love the Amish people. Okay. I'll call them uh, Amish. So now you, so you should go to first shoppers, maybe. He's the Amish country or Crown Heights. Are there any Amish Jews? I think that's oxymoronic because Amish is like a religion, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think that there are Jews in. Uh, I know I know there's a Schlieff that far uh, in Reading, really? Pennsylvania. In Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, so that's where I, that's where I was. I was I was near Reading, Pennsylvania, and and the 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 the, the life. I, the I don't know. The Schlieffers. So, uh, Yossi Yossi Lipsker is the Schlieff there. He's he's related to Rev Lipsker in Bell Harbor. Oh, uh, probably, probably. Yeah, I don't think he's, he's not. Uh, I don't know how they're related, but I'm sure they're related in some way. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, I don't know. I. Uh, this if way, I, if, he, if, if I was, wasn't if, born, a if, was, <laughs> if he was related to Lipska in in my in Florida, he wouldn't be in Reading, Pennsylvania. 
You'd probably be in Florida. <laughs> It'd be somewhere in Florida. So yeah, that's the best I could, uh, my evaluation of the situation. Yeah. Well, I, I, by the way, I highly recommend it. It's so funny how we went from discussing the Apple Vision Pro to Amish. Um, if there's ever an, op- if there's ever opposites, there's just something, by the way, there's just something so peaceful about driving through Amish town and you just see these people on horse and buggies, the, the real religious Amish, they don't even use, um, tractors, machinery to plow their fields. They use a horse dragging machinery that cuts their field. So like, there's a different, it's, it's almost like Judaism in a way where there are different, uh, levels of how religious people are there are people who have smartphones in the amish town there are people who have cars there are people but you see on these fields they have the kids dressed to dress to kill every single day in their dresses and everything with their hats you know it's really it's cool they, do they it. do they have crisis clinic also there they do have people going they probably, there. They probably, they they probably i'm sure i'm sure they do i'm, I'm sure they do They're, you know the modern world is right on their doorstep they really do a very good job of uh, uh, of insulating themselves, to be honest. Um, let's see. What percentage of Amish leave the fold? It says approximately 15% of people leave the Amish way of life due to the curiosity or simply wanting more choices in life. 15%. Okay, but, you know, they're Christians. Uh, they're very religious Christians, and uh, they keep to themselves. And uh... I also don't know, I also don't know, like, I just Googled and that what that's what came up. I don't even know. Uh, here's another thing. What percent of Amish kids leave? Most of them do not wander far from their family's home during this time, and large numbers, 85 to 90%, ultimately choose to join the church. However, this proportion varies from community to community. It's Again, it's very similar to Judaism where you can't answer that. It's like the numbers vary in different uh, – Hasidish, Litvish, modern Orthodox. It, it varies. Ultimately um, – I think it's cool you should take a trip out there. And should you get the Apple Vision Pro, I think it's really cool. Um, and you're also but, going to Crown Heights for a job. But, 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 Adira Yatora, you have 25,000 people there who are probably not going to get the Apple Vision Pro. Most of them probably don't have smartphones. When I was at Crown Heights, do you know how many selfies I took with flip phones? Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Again, place, some places are frozen in time, and it's, in a be- it's a beautiful thing. It's a really beautiful thing. So I don't know if Apple Vision Pro is going to gain a lot of business from the Jewish market, but you never know. Eventually. If we do get it, we do get it we're not going to tell anybody because I'll be embarrassed um, because it's like such a ridiculous cost. Listen, but um, it, could be, it could be used for good things too. It doesn't have to only be – Of course it could. And I, I'll tell you what. I think Chabad is going to be the first people – to get something like this and figure out, well, what can we do in this metaverse? What can we do in this world? Uh, how can we utilize this? Of course, there's these gonna, are there's going to be the, Tanya classes. The all opportunities. Yeah. These, are all, these are all opportunities to uplift the world. You know, and and and, and it comes uh, with tremendous. It comes with tremendous, tremendous ability. Uh, you know, potential for downfall. It's a scary it, thing. But but Nahi, that's that's the whole purpose of creation of the world to overcome those uh obstacles and to become uh to dominate them and to, the whole the whole purpose of god creating this world is to overcome those obstacles those obstacles yeah. those obstacles not put in your place to destroy you you know unfortunately too many people get uh, beaten by them but the whole purpose the whole tackless of the bria so to speak 
is to, you know, Hashem created people with free choice and the opportunity to make the wrong choice, uh, but also the opportunity to over to, to reverse course and not and overcome I'm it. I'm with you. I'm with you. I wanted the la- the last thing. I know it's a longer episode, but this is the last thing I'm going to mention on today's episode. This is a tweet that has gone absolutely viral. It's a tweet by David Bashevkin, a Five Towns native. He he posts a picture of a billboard. Now I don't know exactly where this billboard is. I'll tell you though that this tweet has 261,000 views, and this is less than 24 hours old. The the billboard reads: Judaism, come for your girlfriend and stay for the lack of help. Uh, Jewbelong.org. Okay, so he David, David tweeted. He said, "There's got to be a better way to advertise the value of Judaism. If you had money for such a billboard, what would yours say?" Come for the blank, stay for the blank. Uh, what what would it be? So the comments and and I, there there is a and how many replies are there? Let me see. There's a lot of replies to this tweet. Some of the top ones: come for the bagels, stay for the benching. Uh, come for the <laughs> come for the deli, stay for the struggle, stay to struggle with God. Um, come for the latkes and donuts and stay for Pesach cleaning. <laughs> what what would you say? Uh, come for the what and stay for the what? I don't know. I have to. I have to. I have to. I have to see the original. I I, I didn't catch the original. What was the original saying? The, the original one, which we don't, we don't, we don't agree with, is a good way to promote Judaism. Is come for your girlfriend and stay for the lack of hell. I guess, I guess it's it has a free wedding booklet. Also, maybe if someone's marrying a Jew, like come to shul and stay for the lack of. So so again, Jewish Twitter is really is really stepping up and having a lot of good ideas. Um, well, I will check it out and we can pick up the conversation on the next uh, broadcast. We come up with some of our, like, some of our uh, own ideas. A, a very, a very common one, a popular one is, is come for the chant and stay for the kugel. You know? Uh, yeah. I understand. Uh, you, you understand? But, but right, shout, out know, Dov, yeah. shout out to David Bashevkin for, for getting this dialogue rolling. Uh, come for Kaddish and stay for Kiddish. I like that one also. <laughs> yeah, it's also good. Maybe say come to Shul and stay for the talking. I don't know how good that is. Um, it's as good as the original. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, the okay. one. Stay, come, come for the Kaddish and stay for the Kiddish. That's, uh, that's catchy. That one. Okay, well, right. that is today's episode of The Daily Thread. Thank you all for listening. Of course, you can hear more of The Daily Thread all day by joining our WhatsApp status. That is to hit the link in the description of this episode in the show notes, hit that link, and you can join our WhatsApp status where you have more of myself, my father, discussing these different videos, reacting to some of these stories, and highlighting it um, in a positive way, mostly. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we will see you again pretty soon. Adios. Be well.